0: Welcome to Podcast Therapists. I'm Sarah. I'm Amanda. And I'm Caroline. We are all family therapists at different life stages, and we also happen to be good friends. We're so happy to have you join us for a little couch time today.
1: Please like and read us wherever you get your podcast, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast Therapists. Don't forget the S.
2: We love hearing from you and want to invite you to share any questions or issues you'd like to hear us discuss. We might even do an episode on it because we bet you're not alone with it please email us directly at podcasttherapists at gmail.com. Thanks for coming to our session.
0: Hey, in today's session, we're going to talk about the holiday crash. You know, that little bit of a low mood that creeps in post-holiday, kind of mid-holiday break. We're going to validate those feelings and talk about how to cope with some of those. We're also going to discuss some strategies for facing the new year with families. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a seat on our couch. podcast therapist ladies here we are hello hi i'm so happy to see you all i'm so happy to see you guys so are you ready to tackle our topic for today yes but i want to hear about your uh holiday first sarah so we had a great christmas um Because it was a fun giving Christmas. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we have a daughter that has been working really hard and um, just shown us some real responsibility. And we're really proud of her. And so we actually gave her one of our cars to use, but put a bow on it as a present. That's exciting. I was really freaked out by it, truthfully, but I feel better and better about it as I move forward. Yeah, because you're not going to be driving her. Yes, we're <laughs> riding in the passenger seat. When your kid has the learner's permit, you should be issued a helmet and a gag order. And an anxiety medication? Oh my God. Just Too bad you can't drink while she drives. <laughs> well, you can, but you're not supposed to. It's frowned upon. <laughs> it's frowned upon in case you get pulled over. So that was really exciting and a big milestone. So for us, it was a big Christmas. That's awesome. But other than that, it was super quiet and just kind of... I don't know. Just kind of quiet. Yeah. How about you guys?
1: Mine was, mine was slower. It was easy. Um, My sisters didn't come to town for Christmas this year. Um, So like I saw each of my parents and usually the back and forth with divorced parents gets a little bit exhausting of like one house, the other house, one house, the other house. And this year it just was, it was calm, which was really, it was a relief. It was nice.
2: Nice, Caroline. That
0: is
1: good. Yeah, guys,
2: am I gonna be a downer? No, you're gonna be the realistic no, because moment. You're in it, oh, guys. Ooh. So my Christmas was marked with joys and sadnesses right? that we talked about last week. I had some great moments. We went socially distant Christmas caroling on Christmas. I think that'll be a new oh. tradition. Y'all, Robbie wanted to sing All I Want for Christmas is You. That Christmas my heart. Well, we did it. We found a house that wanted to hear it. So we sang Mariah Carey like it was Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Well, and luckily that song doesn't have any high notes. So (laughs) it's really good for all of our normal people voices. Y'all, Robbie is four and he was rocking out to it. He was so pleased. It was... And we gave joy to people, oh. right? Like we were all in mass. We were all separated and going and seeing families and the smiles on their faces on Christmas day was something I will never, ever forget. It was beautiful. Oh. That gives me
1: goosebumps. Let's go so with her so next year. It
2: felt that way. Great. Okay. My
1: voice is atrocious, but sure. You all, Do you have to be able to sing?
2: No, none okay. of us. Guys, we're saying all I want for Christmas is you. You think Robbie can sing that? <laughs> I think he might be able <laughs> he to. He actually can. Um so that was such a beautiful high. And I've had such sadness about missing my family. The amount of work that goes into Christmas felt really hard. And just missing, just missing what it has been in the past felt sad. So it was high and it was low.
0: Yeah. And today, that's a great segue by the way. Today, I think we should talk a little bit about the lows. I think I always see holiday blues and I actually don't like that term, but there is definitely a crash that comes right after Christmas. And I think for even families who don't celebrate Christmas, just that crash as you head into that long break over the winter.
2: Mm I will say talking to folks on the 26th, I was feeling really down.
1: I called you guys. You guys were feeling really down. I had a hard crash and I didn't even have a really stressful Christmas. I had a hard crash. I was texting you from bed. Oh yeah. I sent you guys a <laughs> selfie from in bed. Not in a creepy way. <laughs> no. No one,
0: yeah, no one else is in it. But yeah, I mean, we reached out and connected to each other right away because we were all feeling kind of down.
2: Well, thank goodness, because I will say we all texted, wow, that
1: really helped. And I think we forget those little things. Yes. You know, just like, it's so normal when you're seeing people all the time to like send each other a text and be like, uh, this was really hard. But because there's more like physical distance, I think it's created a lot more emotional distance and so sometimes it feels a little bit weird knowing that everyone is in a hard place or a weird place to say, like, my day sucks. I'm having a hard time. At least I do, because I worry, like, if I'm having a hard time, oh, Amanda with three kids is definitely having a hard time. You, you can tell me. It would bring me to light to know it's not just right? me. But I feel like there's this little extra barrier or hurdle to, like, get over.
2: Well, also, because I think there's not as much shared experience. So after we went Christmas caroling, I texted with everyone. We went, that was so fun. That was amazing. And everyone's going back and forth about that. But when you're alone with your own families, there's not as much to text about to start that conversation. The bubble piece
0: of it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I th- think most people who are healthy, for the most part, always compare their negative feelings or they when they start to feel low to everybody else who has it so much worse which is nice but you have to you know be patient with yourself and realize that if you feel bad it's really okay you don't need to compare yourself to someone who has it way worse there are other things you can do to get yourself out of that spot
2: Well, and I did make the mistake of scrolling through Instagram, which, by the way, y'all, I had a great Christmas. I don't want to take away from that. But then I was scrolling and I don't do matching pajamas, but I'm going to next year. I'm going to. I'm going to. But just looking at these families in their matching pajamas and I had that Christmas, I'm sure they were feeling the same way as I was. But it made me be like, we didn't do this and we didn't do that. And I just need to be aware of that for myself.
0: Yes, I have that feeling like in Instagram too. I'm always like, oh, that was such a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? And I never think of it. But it's also probably not right for my family. Like I am doing what I am capable of doing right now. That's about it. I can't do more than that right now.
1: And I've got to be okay. I also think we have to remember that like, yeah, what other families post on Instagram is also not an accurate reflection of what their Christmas looks like. I I I imagine my own family, if we were in matching PJs all arguing and yelling at each other about having to take a photo that morning, (laughs) like when I was a teenager, so. Which is what I don't do and why we don't take
2: photos, because I just can't deal with my kids whining about it, but...
0: I was like, oh, we don't do that. It's my own stuff. It's my own stuff. No, it's. I think everybody kind of lives in that spot. And then I think most of us who, if we do have a down day, we don't want to impose on someone else if, if they're having a good day kind of thing, like you said, Caroline. Mm-hmm. But I think let's talk a little bit about what we know happens after the holidays, because I think... Personally, we all share this, but also professionally, we hear these things. So I know that, for example, following a holiday or holiday time is a big kind of grief and loss vortex. So if there's been any grief and loss prior in that year or just anybody important to you over the last few years, a lot of times memories flood at holiday time. So as happy as things can be, it can also just hit your heartstrings a little bit and make you sad. So that happens. And I think that that actually
2: relates to what we talked about last week, which is the traditions around holidays linking our past to our present to our future, because you remember the past and who's not there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's hitting especially hard this year because more people aren't here and it's devastating
0: yeah for lots of different reasons it might be that we've actually lost those people but it also just can be missing people from
1: the normal tradition of how we celebrate or how we you know get together Mm -hmm. and i find personally that like my grief always hits me in the moment i don't expect like it's
0: a good point you know
1: on christmas eve or christmas morning you know i expect it to hit then um like we always used to do christmas with my grandmother Um, who died a few years ago. So we haven't had that many holidays without her, and she was, like, such a force and such a presence that – so I always have these moments like, oh, now this would be the moment I'm going to feel sad. And then when I don't, I kind of think, oh, I'm going to get through it without grieving. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like, some random moment later in the day when I'm, like, taking the dog on a walk. You know, it's, like, the random moment where you're not really even doing anything necessarily special or holiday-related And that's when I always get hit. Yeah, we'll
0: have to do a podcast on grief. Grief is really a funny thing. And it's one of those things that most of us don't want to have to do. Um, But it's powerful, and it's important. And it does creep up on you. Um, So that's a really good point. The Little things can trigger memories forward. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and now Facebook provides those memories, right. right? Like it says, look at your photo from four years ago today and i'm like oh this that was a whole different lifetime we were in the house i grew up in granny was there like my parents were together and it's just this like flood right wow Is there a setting to turn that off?
2: (laughs) They, I'm sure there is, and there should be because even that I'm like, I bet you didn't think you were gonna hit up against that while we're talking in this podcast right now. But that
1: made me sad, I made me sad for you too. Sorry, sit with my feelings. Okay, let's we'll let can we we talk about something else? (laughs) (laughs) Grief,
0: guys, grief.
2: Um, Um, well, I actually felt that way too, though, so I think there's. The grief, but also just the traditions of Christmas not being there. So I logged into my church's Zoom, and my mom logged in, and my best friend Casey logged in. Y'all, I cried for 45 minutes straight. I haven't been to that church in two or three years. It's one of the traditions I had to give up when I finally did at age 37. And I sobbed for 45 minutes. I know Casey did. I know my mom did. It. I didn't realize a Zoom could do that to me, but it was just hard
1: to think about what wasn't happening and what we missed. Oh. I also feel like we hold it together, right? We hold it together and keep it together and keep it together. And then you hit that moment where it's something that's really special to you that you really miss. And it's like the whole year comes out. And I think that is
2: happening. That's another real reason why we had this crash is so many parents have busted ass for the last nine months since March 1st when the pandemic hit. And this was the first time I've really slowed down. And I let one like percentage of holding it together go. And I feel like the walls crashed in. And it's good because I got some of the stress out while I was crying for 45 minutes on Zoom. And it made me realize how tightly wound and how much I'd done over the last 10 months.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the stress of not just what we're doing, but also what we're keeping out of our homes, like just the news and the information and the constant change of what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, all those things are really stressful Mm -hmm.
1: and anxiety provoking, by the way. (laughs) And I know I just said I wanted to avoid my own feelings two seconds ago. But I do think there's so much value in letting yourself feel those feelings. But there's just, it doesn't feel like there's time and space right now. It doesn't go away if you don't feel it. It just comes
2: out sideways. So it might come out with me yelling at a kid or yelling at my husband, which isn't how I want it to come out. I, sh- I would rather cry and feel that feeling and be kind to the people around me, but I have to let myself get there.
0: Yeah, I'm not a crier. I wish I were, because I think that's more, I don't know, honest almost, or just pure. I'm a, um, let me punch you in the throat and then apologize, kind of cope with my stress, unfortunately. But I try to make sure I apologize and at least be accountable. Let's talk about space for a second. Where is your space in your house that you can let down? Like, do you guys have space in your house? No, there's a Zoom call going in
2: every corner of my house during the day. So it's kind of limited. I use my closet. Sometimes I work in my pantry and close the door because I'm in the kitchen with the kids and I'll close the door. <laughs> no, I I, mean, got. I
0: think this is actually really important. It's nice to have a safe space somewhere in your house, even if it's your bathroom or your shower or whatever, where you can cry or sob or just be on your own to feel whatever you're feeling. Yell into a pillow or whatever.
1: I think sometimes I crave, like, not. Like my whole house is a safe space, right? Like it's me and the dog. And sometimes I'm like, God, I wish someone would just interrupt whatever I'm in the middle of. Like I wish I would be more easily distracted because I feel like when I feel my feelings right now, I'm like down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. because you're just in it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then I just go for a walk and walk it out, stomp it out. There you go. That's good. It's But I
0: think it's like that for people
1: who are on a visitation schedule
0: with their kids, too. I think those days without kids and busyness in the house, people can often find themselves, like you said, Carolyn, just kind of in their own bubble, in their whole house. Mm -hmm. But it is important to feel the feelings you have. I agree. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And it's okay to have all those feelings.
2: Oh, 100%. And I think they're all coming out At least for us and the people that I'm talking to on the phone, they're all struggling right now, too, to -hmm. be honest.
0: It's important
1: to share them with your partner, too.
2: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Anybody want
1: to talk about that? That's why I share my feelings with you, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is important because, you know... I guess Robert did see that I was crying during the Zoom. It was hard to miss, but he wasn't doing the Zoom with me. And so I think just saying, oh, that touched a place in my heart. You know, I'm sad that my mom's alone. I'm sad that I miss Casey. I'm sad that our families aren't together. I'm sad that I miss my sister, It's
0: just all, Mm -hmm. I need
2: to communicate that to him. Yeah, I
0: think just saying whatever feelings you're holding is helpful, because when you do punch them in the throat, then they're less Mm -hmm. surprised by it, Mm -hmm. or if you're tearful or whatever.
2: Which actually,
0: this did happen.
2: This is a good one for the next thing. So I also have a lot of fear and anxiety about what's coming up, so... Literally the second that my kids were done opening their presents, I was like, we've got a long, hard winter (laughs) ahead (laughs) because it was like the holiday was over, all the work, all the fun. And so the fear and anxiety about what's coming up came in. So, of course, it's like Christmas. Robert and I have Busted ass to do all of this stuff for our kids. And then I'm like, we need to make the basement a cool place for the kids to hang out. It's our only way through. And he's like, I just want to do a puzzle. And I didn't, I didn't say, hey, I'm really scared about the future and how we're gonna make it through. I just went in with like, I need your help moving the couch. Did go great
0: (laughs) i'm more like that too amanda i'm especially like the family will be like quiet and watching tv and totally relaxed and all of a sudden i jump up and i'm like i got 17 loads of laundry i better get done right now Mm -hmm. and it's not really very valued or appreciated but i think i
1: just get anxious it's a way of coping with your anxiety right Mm -hmm. it's like i that anxious energy comes up And I think for all three of us, it's like, I have to do something, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I need to feel like there's an outlet for me to put that energy into, whether it's laundry or moving furniture, or for me, I clean. I just, Mm -hmm. I do too. So I think the other thing
0: that we need to probably speak to a little bit is kids actually do crash following holidays too, or in the middle of the holiday.
2: I can't even talk about it. (laughs) Can't even talk about it. Actually, my kids did great. It was harder to manage their Christmas experiences with fewer adults around. So we didn't have the right batteries, but we had so much to do that no one could go run to the store to get batteries. So they were having a hard time. They got these cool gifts. We didn't have time to get batteries before this. There's a pandemic. So just little things that were a little too much to get done made the day harder and the kids
1: even more assholey, said with such love. Oh, absolute love, by the way. Mm-hmm. Total love. Well, we're all sitting so much closer to the meltdown point all the time. Yeah. Right? Like, if your baseline is usually, like, you know, an inch of water in the cup, I feel like we're all sitting, like, really close to the edge. So, like, any water that gets put in, you overflow. And that's kids, adults. Yep. Like, we're all just on edge.
0: Yeah. I mean, we... eat more sugar, we drink more, we sleep less, we do all those things that add to compound the situation of not having batteries too. But yeah, I mean, I think kids are feeling all those feelings. We're feeling all those feelings. It's like, I don't know, a giant Mm jack-in-the-box kind of thing. Mm
2: And the kids have expectations that they want it to be a great day, and we want it to be that too. And I think they're sad that it's over. You know, I remember being young and hearing the theme song for Home Alone on December 26th and being so sad that I had to wait 364 more days to have a
1: Christmas. Mm -hmm. There's sadness when it's over because it is so fun. And usually there's something... I feel like usually there's something teed up that you can start talking about to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going out of town for a couple days. Maybe it's, oh, my gosh, you get to go see your friends and all hang out and play with each other's new toys. Or, oh, my goodness, you get to go back to school and talk about what happened. But Right? It's like it's this it's this emptiness
0: we always say um at our house like don't ruin your birthday for me don't ruin your christmas for me and what that means is like my expectation of your reaction to the gift i'm gonna give you is really high so don't fuck with that and don't like come out not very excited so like when you have a really exciting gift you're giving you want that person to be equally excited you know getting the gift and when they're not it's like don't ruin christmas for me You know it has nothing to do with the other person too so expectations just run high
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and you know i think it's just i don't know everybody's so touchy right now so you're right it's just a interesting easy time to knock each other off balance so what are we gonna do about it y'all because
2: i need your help I will say this, actually, after texting with you, I think I got my spark back. I was sitting in some sadness, I felt it, and then connecting with you all, it made me be like, okay, I can do this, I'm coming up with a plan.
0: I got out of bed.
2: Did you, Karen? I did. Yeah, so, yeah, it worked for us, too. Guys, really, we seem like great, healthy therapists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. We should probably talk about good stuff. It was
1: only, like, 11 a.m., to be fair. Like, I had gotten up, put on clothes that I can leave my house to walk the dog in, walked the dog for 20 minutes, and then returned to the bed. Yeah, I was reading. Yeah. So. And I
2: think this is all okay. I think we're telling you this so that mm-hmm. you know we're therapists
1: and we feel this way too. This is all normal, healthy. That's why we're talking about it. Do we need to talk about what's more concerning before we hop into our plan? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I think everybody feels guilty about feeling bad when they feel
0: bad. And I think we need to say guilt is not helpful when you feel bad. If Just feel what you have and be okay with it. but. There are some things that are maybe warning signs that maybe reaching out to somebody would be helpful. And
1: going off of that, Sarah, I always tell people that like feeling really difficult feelings is hard enough to then punish yourself for feeling your feelings. It's just like, that's not necessary. And we're the only animals in the animal kingdom that can do that. It's like this lovely gift of being human, but it's like, you don't have to punish yourself over and over and over again. Like if you're feeling hard feelings, that's enough. That's hard enough. I love that.
2: You're right. You're right. So if you are having suicidal feelings, call a therapist, call your primary care physician. If you're having a hard time getting out of bed, period, even if. After you've reached out to people or you're having too hard of a time to kind of do the things that you know help you feel better, like walking, connecting with someone you love, eating healthfully, the things that you know will
0: help you, if you can't get those done, it's probably time to call someone. I think, too, there's an agitated kind of feeling you can get when you're low, um, you're not when you don't sleep um, and you just can't focus that if that gets extreme, it's important to reach out to someone as well.
1: Mm. And I think if you just notice that like you're really teary, like consistently teary, right? We're talking about teary moments that have triggers and we feel our feelings. But if you're just going through your day teary, I think that's probably a sign that you might need more support
0: and feeling detached. It goes with not feeling like you can really reach out or connect. But that detached feeling, even if you're in your family, you're with you know your partner, or your kids, and you just feel like you're not really connecting to them. That can be a sign too that you're just your mood's really low. Mm-hmm. And reaching out to your family doc, like you said, or reaching out to a therapist.
2: So we're gonna put in the show notes a link to how to find a therapist because that's actually really complicated so we're gonna give you some you know step-by-step instructions on how to do it if you want to do it so let's come up with a plan though because i
0: need your support i love a plan
2: i love a plan too it gives me hope it gives me hope keeps me out of the hopeless category and kind of it's gonna get better
0: So I have an attention span of zero. And so I make lists professionally. Like I have to have a list or I'll forget or get off focus or target or whatever. So I head into January or end of December a lot of times with a couple different lists. I start making lists of things I know we have commitments to do. I make lists of fun ideas, things that we can do as a family. I make a list of really easy things to access of a family in case we get to that day that we had hiked down on the calendar, and it's nasty outside, or just no one wants to go. So I have a list of like TV movies and things that we've always wanted to watch together.
2: And I think the reason we say make the list now is because we know that it's going to get crazy during this this harder time that we're coming upon. So if you can capitalize on the energy that you might have now, and you just look at the list, there's no decision to be made. There's something called decision fatigue, which is where you have to make so many decisions that you just get exhausted and you use up that, you know, that skill in your body. And so if you make the decisions proactively,
0: you won't just feel totally checked out when you need something. I have trouble just thinking about what to serve for dinner or what to have for dinner, so I make a food plan for the week. Because it takes that decision out for me. So I make a list of everything I have the ingredients to cook, for example. And I, as a family, we might decide like what we want Tuesday or what we want Wednesday. But it takes that having to make the decision myself off my list, which is important for me. I don't like to have to make a decision at the end of the day, even about dinner.
2: And decision fatigue has gotten heightened through the pandemic. Absolutely. Because we're making them at 10 a.m. when our kids are at home, when they're supposed to be at school. So setting yourself up for some of those things now is going to make you have some more fun
1: when you need it. Do when you... I think oh, that like there are also activities that usually make decisions for you, right? On Tuesdays, we go to soccer and on Wednesdays we do right. this. And so they're usually built in. So not only is it like you're doing it all day with school, but it's like the after school part. So I think this is where like routine can be really helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether it's a chore chart, like, okay, on Mondays, kids do this. On Tuesdays, kids do this. And it can be... Different for each kid, depending on what is developmentally appropriate, but like starting to work like some of that routine back in now so that when your kids go back to school, whenever they go back in January, I know some schools here are starting later. It's not like this huge shift. It's like, oh, we've already started doing some chores. Mm -hmm. We've already started doing some of this. And now we're adding school back in as opposed to doing like a complete 180 on January 11th.
0: That's Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: that's true. Do you guys think
0: decision fatigue has also been heightened because we're constantly having to make a decision about our own health risks? Yes. A hundred percent. I just thought about that. Like, I feel like I have to reevaluate that about every couple days, Mm -hmm. depending on what's going on in our community, what's going on in my own family, who I'm going to see possibly or not see or whatever.
1: But I feel like Mm-hmm. I feel like that weighs on my mind all the time. Well, because now things that were an easy, like, oh, I'm going to go run, and do this, those are now decisions too. Like, is it worth it? Mm-hmm.
2: So, for many families, the end of kind of November, December, we were all at, tapped out. I was tapped out. I couldn't even muster up the energy to go. I don't know, to the store to get the batteries, right? So I'm using this time to make those decisions now
0: so I can do it through January and February. So the start point, I think we all three agree with, has to be you. A 100%. So talk a little bit about that, Amanda, because you were talking about that earlier.
2: So- We all know there's this natural inclination around January 1st. The whole country starts saying, these are the changes that I want to make. I can feel it in my body now. Like I've had enough eggnog. I'm like, 30-day, no drinking, dry January. I don't know if I'll do it, y'all. I don't know. but Or whole 30. This is what everyone is feeling, this kind of energy to get back to the structure and get back to the routine. I've always felt that with exercise that's not around January 1st, but I do know that at the end of or at the end of November, December my exercise routine had gone and I need that more than anything. It's made me sadder, more irritable, all of the things. So I'm building that into my routine as the primary thing that needs to happen. Period. And it needs to happen for me and also for my whole family. And it's not about looking good. It's about
0: getting my stress out and endorphins, period. So just that carving out time for yourself piece, and then does that free you in some way for everybody else? I mean, what what does that do for you?
2: If I can exercise in the morning... I can be available to my kids after 8 a.m. Because otherwise I'm fighting with their needs all day to get what I need done. And it's not great if they interrupt me in the middle of an exercise video. My endorphins are going high anyway. And they're like, I need some milk. And I'm already up. I'm like, don't get your milk. Get your milk yourself. So I need to get it done before I can attend to their needs so I can be fully present with them. Period. Period.
1: And I think what's hard is that sometimes means like shifting other parts of your routine, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're like, hey, I have to get it done before 8 a.m., that might also mean, okay, I can't stay up until midnight or, you know, whatever, doing something fun with my husband because I need to go to bed early enough that I can wake up early enough. And so just like there is a ripple effect, but I think it can be so positive as a ripple effect too,
2: right? (laughs) And I think talking about that with your partner, because your partner has their own needs that they need to get met too. So part of making the routine with the January
0: 1st is look at your needs,
2: look at your partner's needs first and get them in there.
0: So I think and exercise is yours, Amanda exercise. Not might may not be everybody's. I mean, it could be reading or journaling or meditation. I've only named three really healthy ones. I don't know. (laughs) It shouldn't be like morning drinking, but, um, But even if you have a teenager, I think in my family, I could talk to my partner and my teen about it and just say, here, I mean, I also only have one kid, so that makes it so much easier. But, you know, we could say, okay, we need to help each other and encourage each other to make these goals and meet them. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to carve out time to exercise in the morning, I need you guys not to ask me for anything until after that time or whatever. Your kids are so little, it's different. But I think think they can do it.
2: I think if I say it, right, I have Mm -hmm. to communicate it clearly to them. I think I can do it, actually.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that you said, too, that if you don't exercise, then you have that thought in your head, like, I should have, should have, should have exercised, because I certainly walk around with that on a daily basis, I think, unfortunately.
1: When I think part of what's hard is, like, the day, like, daylight is so short, and the days feel so long. Like, I know that, like, you know, it used to be when it was lighter and warmer, I could so easily get up at six and walk the dog and like have this home morning. And now when I, you know, if my alarm goes off at six, it's pitch black, it's freezing. Like the world still feels very asleep. Like everyone's outdoor lights are still on and I'm like, okay, going to go walk the dog. <laughs> and it doesn't like bring the same joy that it does if I walk the dog at 8am mm-hmm. or 9am. And so then I feel like I have to be, Aware of the days that I really need to do that because of my work schedule of like, okay, so if I'm going to do the 6 a.m. walk, I really need to work in like 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock or like sometime during daylight where I get outside again.
2: Oh, that's smart. That's smart.
1: I love the morning, though. It's funny. Like, I love that time you were talking
0: about because no one's talking to me. And it's quiet. But I think
1: you get to have that. Mm -hmm. So I can see why you'd want the opposite. Like I love, you know, putting my mask on and walking the dog and like waving to other people who are mm-hmm. also walking their dog. Cool. Yeah. Like, you know, I live close to an elementary school, so there will be kids like shooting baskets in the afternoon with their parents or something. And I'm like, I need, I guess, I need like interaction with a world that feels alive. Yep. And like, that's one of my own needs, and so figuring out like how do I get that mm-hmm. right yep. if it. You know, of course, the dog has to go out in the morning, no matter what, like that's given. But, you know, yeah, on a Saturday morning at 830, when everyone's up and out and little kids are on scooters, it feels really different than like the dark, cold 6 a.m. Like you see one other person also looking miserable and you're like, hey, (laughs) house of introverts so I was just thinking like sometimes I need
0: them to connect to me in that same way (laughs) because I'm walking around their house they're busy doing their own thing they don't want me to talk to them and I'm like hello I'm "I'm "I'm here I'm here well I think
2: too we've had enough time in the pandemic in this new normal that now we can also we know what we need more I didn't know what I needed in October because I didn't it was changing all the time anyway, what the rules were. So now I know what to expect. And so now I can actually put a plan in place that I think will work better because I know what it's like already. And I do think what is routine gets done because of the decision fatigue again. So if we put it in our calendars, I know people say this all the time, but if we actually put it in our calendars and put it in our schedule, it will get done.
0: Yes, I think it holds you to a different standard Mm -hmm. to put it in writing somewhere. And like I said, we have a calendar that only that I found out very quickly. Like I used to design these awesome calendars for our family on whiteboards and stuff. And I realized I'm the only one who looks at it and then Mm -hmm. I have to tell them anyway. So I take the calendar, though, and I put everything that we have to do all the commitments on the calendar. And then I start working backwards from those and put all the fun things in Mm -hmm. and the plans. And a lot of times I get shot down. I mean, I'll be like, hey, let's go do this or let's watch this
1: on TV. And they're like, yeah, no, but I at least have something that starts the suggestions. And I think that's a really good moment. I feel like I'm going to bring this up every week, but to remember to like choose your battles. So if you have come up with your idea of the great day, or the perfect routine, and your kid is just like, no, I'm not doing that. Think about what it is, right? Like, think about how crucial this activity Mm -hmm. is. Like, is it because I just really want my family to spend time together? Is it because I feel like my child needs to do something more educational, and what they want to do is not? Or like, I want them to get outside and move their bodies, and they want to be like slugs, right? You know? Like, what is it that's driving me? So before, you know, if you say like, okay, we're going to do this. And your kid's like, no. Before you're just like, we're doing it. That's um, so yeah, me. That's a <laughs> We're talking to me. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. But like, just deciding like, which battles do I want to fight? Yes. Right. Like, hey, I think it's probably really important and awesome for every kid to get outside and move their bodies at mm-hmm. some point every day. So that might be the battle that you pick and cleaning up the room isn't the battle. So here's one thing I've done for that
2: is, so I feel I'm worried about January and February, just it being dark and cold and nothing to look forward to. And I have a friend who is a great planner. She loves to make adventures. She's so good at it. Our families have similar ages. So she is making a calendar for us for eight Sundays at 10 AM because what is routine gets done, right? So every Sunday at 10 AM, she's coming up with an adventure for our families. And we're just counting them off: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and that's going to get us to March first. So I feel like I have these little things built in to look forward to that I know my family will engage in, and then it's going to be March first, and the sun will be out, and the birds will be chirping, and and I can feel that light naturally. Then I just have to get there. Mm-hmm. I can feel it,
0: and you're just talking about it, actually.
2: Yeah, because I'm not a planner. That kind of planning actually really stresses me out. But I have a great friend who's so great at it. So I'm going to use her energy and make it a part of the routine so that my kids won't fight back so much.
0: Mm-hmm. I like what both of you guys are saying. I mean, I am a planner, but I had to learn that, especially living with two introverts, that my plan isn't everybody's plan. And so it my plan often if I really think it's important, I can hold fast to it. But if it's just a plan to give us some sort of structure or to make suggestions, I'm really okay with that too. And I think, like you were saying, Caroline, know what your battle is. Also realize there's a certain developmental stage of kid that their whole life depends on fighting you. And so (laughs) if you basically say oh my gosh, look at the sky. It's gorgeous and blue. The answer from your teen will be like, it's actually azure. Like whatever. (laughs) So I mean, I know it's not not (laughs) a beautiful day. It's not, this sucks. I mean, so you have to kind of know where your kids are developmentally too. And so what I know is I have a teen. So my idea of a plan may get flipped on his head at any moment, but I also know when I can drop the boundary and the anchor in and say, oh, no, we're really going to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also have to learn to be flexible and allow for her voice because that's part of her developmental stage is to have a voice in what the plan is
1: and I think you know some plans can be set in stone and some can be more flexible like I give parents sometimes the option to like create a list of chores that they want kids to do like every week over the course of the week and a list of like fun activities kids could do at home and just like put them on popsicle sticks and you have a jar for chores and you have a jar for fun things and like Whether it's in the morning before Zoom school, if it's in the afternoon after Zoom school, like creating that routine, but then there's also flexibility, right? And it takes some of the power struggle out of it because if you say to your kid,
0: all right, today's
1: the day that you're going (laughs) to vacuum the playroom or put all the toys away in the playroom, they're going to like have a meltdown. But if it's just like luck of the draw and it's like, Oh, today you chose cleaning the playroom. Like that's a bummer, but here you go. Right. Like there's just a little bit less like mom's telling you to do yes. that. And, and then it's just luck. And then they know that they've drawn that popsicle stick and they can't draw it again until next week. If your kids are that really different developmental stages each of them might need a jar. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that, Caroline. I'll report back. Okay. But it's just a nice way of being like, again, you don't have to make the decision either. So when it's after school and your kid's like, what should I do? I'm bored. What should I do? I'm bored. It's like, well, mm-hmm. go pick a popsicle stick and, you know. Yeah. And see what's on there. See what's on there. If you decide not to do it, maybe that's not the battle you it, pick.
0: <laughs> and if you don't feel like a terribly creative mom or dad um, or caregiver which I will own that spot, by the way. Like, when my daughter was in kindergarten, I had to call one of my friends that was a mom and ask, ask what a craft stick was because it was on the supply list. I don't list. know what that is. It's a po- freaking popsicle stick.
1: Oh. It's like... <laughs> sorry, guys. You want cups of craft sticks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes popsicles. Sorry.
0: <laughs> it's like a politically correct word for popsicle stick, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm not that... Yeah. And so I have had to Google ideas for stuff when my daughter was younger. I mean, now she's pretty self-focused and as a teenager can figure out what she wants to do. But, you know, I mean, when kids are little, look up the age developmental stage and Google that and see what comes up. There's lots of ideas on the internet. So I hope that we weren't downers for you all today.
2: I actually, I feel better. I did have a moment of anxiety, like, oh my gosh, popsicle sticks. How am I going to get those? It could also be scraps of paper. I think I'm going to do that. That's way more in my wheelhouse. And I also i am such an extrovert that talking about it, I can do. It's the doing it that's hard for me, but I'm going to make it happen because I do think that this stuff is really valuable. So it's giving me hope. I'm hopeful that it's going to give you guys, the listeners, hope because I think it's okay to feel bad right now. And you, I'm gonna use my anxiety as motivation to get me through
0: the next two months. It's the, it's the only way I can personally do it. I think it's really okay to drop our bar of success. This is a really tough time and then it's holiday time on top of a tough time. So just getting up out of bed Making sure everybody's fed, hitting the routines that your family needs, and making sure you're taken care of. I mean, that's actually a lot. It's a lot. So be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. and understanding and treat yourself like you would treat your friend if they felt bad.
2: Mm -hmm. Because my kids are not always
0: fed. Just saying. (laughs) Mine cooks now, thank God. My kids aren't always frequently dressed
1: either. (laughs) I only have to take care of myself and it's a struggle (laughs) you feed your dog i feed my dog i do take care of the dog i take i mean the dog is my pride and joy but he's a lot lower maintenance than a child (laughs) a human child but all this is really okay and
0: understandable and like i said if your friend were telling you how they felt you'd be really kind and lovely Mm -hmm. to them so be kind and lovely to yourself absolutely i do feel better to have talking to you guys i know i do too thanks guys Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Please remember, we are real-life therapists. However, this is a podcast and is not considered a therapy session, not only because there's no copay, but also because we can't speak to your individual experiences. We're here to help you keep
2: raising
1: healthy kids. And remember,
2: if you're an imperfect parent, we're right there with you.
1: If you or someone you love is in immediate danger, please call your local crisis hotline or go to your nearest emergency room.